Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're reviewing all those amazing reality shows that only got one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite the Third, And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And um, Heather, that intro was just for you. <laughs> Heather told me at, um, about, for all of you, Heather and I got to see each other, Gloom Cookie, because um, she came down to D.C. for the Watch Out Crappens podcast, and um, she told me that she misses the old intros. She yeah. doesn't like my new, like, um... My, my friend Kelly has said the same. Delicious dish. So, uh, we're back, I guess. Yeah. Well, I told you you didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> I thought it was funny, though. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly easier to edit that way, but it's fine. Yeah. Now I can, maybe I'll just do the whole rest of the podcast in my delicious dish voice instead. Right. I cannot get the volume of my headphones correct right now. I'm, it's either like very quiet or I'm shouting at myself. So uh, that's because you're doing mine. Oh. And I can now hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That could have been the problem. There we go. I was like, why, why am I shouting? <laughs> at first I couldn't hear anything. All okay. Right. So we have a decent <laughs> amount of house cleaning. Um, let's do Twitter first, and then I have a question to ask you before the bougie, um, breakdown. Okay. Um, so, on the 7th of March, um, Lou at Loose Intervention. Such a which good handle. I know, such a good handle. Um, said, at the advice of One Hit Pod, listen to the Steph Pratt podcast hosting Kelly Catrone, and shit got buck. My favorite part was listening to producer <laughs> and co-host attempt to keep decorum. Man is making hands maybe have you listened yet? Yes, I have. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Should we, do you want to discuss me to discuss it today? Or, because we're going to record two episodes today, you guys. Or should we save it for the next one? Let's save it for the next one because the bougie bio for the following episode isn't that fun. Okay, and time-wise. Okay, so yeah. yes, 100% I did listen. You guys are going to have to wait a week. Well, I guess two weeks? Yeah, some, I don't know. From You'll have to hear wait. me talk about it, but like I will be talking about it. Um, and yeah. I have a lot to say, and I can't wait. Like well, it was, I listened to it last night. And I'm an asshole, and I completely forgot about it. Um, well, after you hear me talk about it, you're gonna immediately want to listen because it is a maze ball. Well, and I listen to podcasts pretty much all day, every day, and I don't know how I managed to forget. I was audibly gasping on the train, but um, Ugh. but yeah. Well, so well, that'll be um because there won't be any um really house cleaning for the next episode. We'll discuss it then. Yeah. Bougie bio number six kind of stinks, whereas bougie bio number five is pretty good. Good. Um, and then Heather um, tweeted us to let us know that you can watch the video version of the Pretty Wild Reunion on the Recovering From Reality YouTube channel, which is going to, because they just aired it. Yeah, so yeah. that's going to come in handy because we're going to do Pretty Wild next, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then... Um, and then Heather and I had a little back and forth about seeing each other, and then she said, P.S. I'm watching Pretty Wild on YouTube now, LOL. It's the kind of video where the actual show is playing in a tiny square on the screen. Yeah. Um, then, yesterday, and it's, I don't know, it's so weird. Sometimes I get Twitter notifications that I don't. I don't know why I didn't get a notification for this. But um, Heather tweeted us and a picture of the movie 12 and said, look what I'm attempting to watch, although my brain is so scrambled I cannot remember the exact NYC prep connection. Knowing my attention span, I'll probably only make it partially through. PC's in it. Well, then she tweets it again and says, scratch that. I see him now, LOL. This movie is very familiar to me. Maybe I saw it years ago. Ooh, Nico Tortola is in it too. <gasps> Yum. Gotta say, PC looks Lohan very... Lohan Beach House? Yeah. PC looks very bloated in this. 
Ooh. Yeah, so I think we Heather, definitely you're need so to on do. Top of it. Uh, she is. So I think we 100% need to do um, uh, yeah. an extra episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's it for Twitter because we've been very yeah, good yeah. about our two week schedule. So there hasn't there wasn't a backlog. We have been sticking to that resolution. Um, so bougie bio number five again convenient timing. It's just working out that way. Kelly Thomasoff is her name. Full name Kelly. <laughs> there goes my theory from episode one. Kellington. Yep, Kellington with an I. So. Kelly attended the Birch Wathen Lennox School. Oh. Yeah, hey. Yeah. (laughs) It is a K through 12 school on the Upper East Side with 500 students total. So it sounds a lot like Camille's school, except I'm not sure if it's all girls or not. Um, The school didn't sound particularly interesting and their curriculum didn't have any funny standouts like some of the other ones, but they're notable. They have a bunch of literary alumni, like authors that I had heard of, but also Barbara Walters and Brooke Shields. Ooh. I know. Yeah, I thought those were good. So her parents are Jamie and Vicky Tomasoff. And oddly enough, you can read about her parents in the New York Times because the New York Times wrote this article about couples who had been together for a long time and are married after meeting at summer houses in the Hamptons, basically. Oh. Yeah, it was very... I, I don't understand why the New York Times cares about that, but they are one of the couples that are profiled. They met at a summer house and they got married eight months later. Her father owns the Thomas Group, which is actually a commercial printing business. So I found this interesting. They all go by Thomas professionally as a last name instead of Thomasoff. Thomas, yeah. Thomas Group Printing has been a family business since 1912. Jamie and Glenn Thomas are the third generation of owners and have managed the daily operations since 1973. Glenn's son, Rory Thomas, represents the fourth generation. So... Her father is Jamie. So is Rory not her brother and her cousin then? I didn't even think of that. It says Glenn's son, Rory. I Maybe that's got to be a typo. Yeah. It's got to be Jamie's son, Rory, yeah. right? I know. Anyway. So her now we know what her brother is doing. He works with the dad at the printing company. And they have some pretty big clients, like they do really big commercial jobs. So they've done work for the modern, the Museum of Modern Art, J.P. Morgan, Jay Mendel, the Dream Hotel Group, Steve Madden, and a bunch of others, like a few universities and things like that. Her sister, Chelsea, with cerebral palsy, actually passed away. Oh, I know. that's so sad. In 2014. Oh, yeah. she must have been really young. Yeah. Um... She was older than Kelly. I think she was one of the... I'm not sure if she was older than Rory or not. Um, But her obituary was in the New York Times. It's very short, but, you know, it it explains about her family a little bit, which is very sad. Oh, that is really sad. Another fun thing I found to pick the mood back up, the house in West Hampton. Oh, yeah. So I have the exact address because that's... The internet is a beautiful thing. So it is on six acres of land in West Hampton. It has 320 feet of waterfront. It's 8,000 square feet, seven bedrooms, seven and a half bathrooms. It was built in 2003. It was listed for sale at 9.5 million in 2014. 
and it had several pending sales and listing removals. Like when you go into the public sale history, it's all over the place. It's like 50 rows long. Oh. Offers backed out. You know, they took it off the market because they didn't want to keep lowering it. They did keep lowering it. And then it sold in 2017 for 6.5 million. Holy shit. Yeah. So they lost $3 million on that house. Whoa. Yeah. But... Maybe we'll tweet out the listing if people really want to look at it. I mean, it looks exactly like it did on the show. I was like, oh, there's the billiard room. There's the ornate living yeah. room. Like, it's not particularly interesting up close. All the bedrooms are kind of scarce. The pool situation is very nice, but, like, I don't know. It, it had some strange stuff. Like, the garage only had room for three cars, but then you have seven bedrooms and, like, I don't know. Stuff like that seemed weird to me, but I'm not in luxury real estate, so. I also, sidebar, need someone, probably Heather, because I'm sure she's been there. Have you been to the Hamptons? Yes. I went to Montauk. Well, could someone please fucking explain the Hamptons to me? Because I thought it was the goddamn beach. And, like, anytime I see any, like, summer house, they never go to the fucking beach. Yeah. Like, they just hang around. I mean, isn't the beach, like, a half an hour drive from wherever they're staying? Like, what's the point? I think it depends on like which town you're in because Montauk is beach and it's very pretty but when me and my husband went there it was so foggy and cold that like the beach was not because same thing on the housewives like yeah. they're doing all this Hampton stuff but I think all these Hamptons houses I'm like where is the beach right like have a house on the beach right well and when you think about it too it is New York so it does get hot but you know like it's not like Florida beach. You know what I mean? Like the water's probably fucking cold. Like I just, I don't know. It didn't click for me. And everybody was like, oh, you'll love Montauk. It's so beautiful. And I'm like, this is the beach for New York city people though. It is really beautiful, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a small towner in that But way. I mean like people go to the beach, like not far, like Reese beach and stuff, which is like an hour from New York. Like you just take the, the subway there. Yeah. Like if the water's warm enough there, like, I mean, yeah. in the summer, no, it's, I, just, I don't get it. Like I just, I'm like, if you're going to go to the beach, go to the fucking beach. Like don't hang out at a house in the woods. I will be honest that I didn't entirely get it. Yeah. I don't get it either. <laughs> so if any of you out there are Hampton stands and, um, can clue me in as to what the appeal is, I would love it. I would. I feel like the impression I got is that it's sort of like Georgetowny, but with like a yacht scene. So, like, it's very quaint and beautiful, but then you can, like, take a boat ride or have a lobster, you know? It's not necessarily, oh, I mean, like, I lounging get, in the sand. I get that part, too, but it seems yeah. like all of these big, humongous houses are, like, you would have to drive to the yacht. You would have to drive to the beach. You would have to drive, and, like, I mean, yeah. you can't walk anywhere. Like, what's, I don't know. To me, like, if you're in a beach town, you should be walking everywhere, and... I know. I don't know. I'm with you. So, yes, if you're a, a, a big fan of the Hamptons, please, like, fill me in about what makes it so great. Right. So, Kelly, as we see in this episode where she's starting her music career, she continued her music career for quite a while. She has a video on YouTube Whoa. for her song, Gave Up on Love, in 2012. Oh, I feel like I need to tweet that out right now. Yes. So, she also has a Twitter, but she has not tweeted in five years. Yeah, we follow her. Yeah. So, Kelly went to the new school. And she got her bachelor's in communications and media. She worked for Black Panda PR as an account manager for five years. Which I think it's a pretty big PR firm, isn't it? I would th it sounded it. Um, what was the name of the song again real quick? Gave Up on Love. Gave Up on Love. Okay. So she was at Black Panda for five years. And then she was a publicist at 
PMK BNC, whatever that means, for five or six months. It was sort of hard to tell from her LinkedIn profile because she has two present jobs, even though one clearly isn't. Um, but now our girl Kelly is publicity director at Arista Records. Really? And has been since November of 2018. Good for her. Yeah, um, new ooh, job. Here's the video. Let me do it. Oh, wait. I don't hate it. No. She looks like Ariana Grande. Okay, I'm tweeting it out for you guys now. Let's see. Kelly! Exclamation point. Tweet. Yeah, it's kind of fun. She's standing at like an old-timey record player and smashing records. Well, the little bit that we just watched, it reminded me of the, um, the, um, confessional. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just set of, like, a chair and some books. It was, yeah. like, a Victrola. She, she, used this, <laughs> she used the same set. But I'm so happy that she's, like, working in music yeah, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's really cool. And that's one thing about the NYC prep kids that's been really interesting across the board. Like, PC is now in photography, and Jesse's still in fashion, and Camille is somewhat involved in chemistry, and yeah. Kelly's still in music. Like, they were pretty determined. Yeah. It's cool. So... That's it for Kelly. Well, but that's awesome. Way to yeah. go. You found it a lot. <laughs> the fact that I found the photos of her family home, I was like, I'm a creeper. It's official. <laughs> there it is. All right. Let's do this. Yeah, let's. Because this episode was a snooze fest. It really was. And I could tell because I wasn't taking a lot of notes. Like, yeah. it's just not worth taking notes on. Um, so we're episode five, The Overachievers is the name of the episode. And we start out with yet another conversation about Operation Smile. Don't care. And did Operation <laughs> Smile sponsor this show? Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, don't care is correct. Um, so we get PC and Camille, like, yakking on about Operation Smile, and yet again, Camille wanting a hook-in with Jesse so she can help out with Operation Smile. And I hate watching Jesse in particular talk about Operation Smile. Yeah. <laughs> I hate watching Jesse do anything. Me too. Um, oh, bless you. Um, Excuse me. And again, I there are a million charities in the world. I know. That, uh, the, all of them will let you work for well, them. And Camille keeps calling Jesse a bitch. She's like, she has this reputation in the prep school scene as a bitch. She's a bitch. She's a bitch. She's been a bitch to me. It's like, then find another charity. Yeah why would you want to work with someone who is a bitch to you? I mean, the only thing this reminds me of, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but she is so channeling Paris Geller from Gilmore Girls because there's a whole episode where Paris realizes she has no charity work and goes insane and is like, it's Thanksgiving and she's screaming on the phone like, what do you mean, Rabbi? Surely there's room for one more person to ladle. Like, and I feel like this is Camille. Like, that's what she's doing. Yeah. Or maybe it's just an easy in for her and it won't be that much work, but it adds something to her resume or whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's boring. Um, and then we're at Kelly. Yeah. And so Kelly is apparently interviewing vocal coaches at her apartment. And my takeaway from this is you that... You so hit the nail on the head with Yeah, I said, did they call central casting because this is not how vocal coaches work? No. Yeah. When you are a talented person in New York City, especially one with money, you try out and you see if a vocal coach will take you. They don't come to you and ask you. So then we get these, like, three goofy clowns, like... 
we get Scott Clausen. Who is very creepy. And he mentions something about his mother. Um, he... The mother thing didn't bother me. I mean, what he mentions is, Kelly asked him if he's recorded an album, and he said, no. He said, I, I, I need to get around to it. And he said, you know, my mother's always bugging me that I need to do it. I know, but I took it as a, oh, he lives with his mother. Oh, oh I took <laughs> it more as, like, he probably had a stage mother, and still does. Maybe that too. Um, and then we get Kathy, who oh. does a little performance The coffee on song. The coffee song. And it's not a ukulele. It's not a guitar. It looks like a children's guitar. Yeah, it was weird. Because it was a ukulele body with a guitar strandle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little strange. And she's actually going to dress like a clown, which is why I called them all clowns. Because she's wearing this, like, striped blouse with a big Lisa Vanderpump-style bow. Oh, I thought she looked like every hipster in all of Shaw. Yeah, uh, but still, like, she... Yeah. Kind of like a clown, then, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I also wonder if the coffee song was because they wanted her to sing something, yeah. and, like, no musical rights-wise, she couldn't sing a real song. So they were like, just make up a ditty. But it was Well, Kelly weird. also said, sing me one of your songs. Yeah, it was... But, I mean, it was, like, something that a hipster would sing at, like, an open mic night. Yeah, it was, like, something about getting her boss a cup coffee. of coffee and the brew was wrong or something. Like, yeah, it was... <laughs> We should have recorded it. We should have. It was very silly. (laughs) And then we meet Breck. Who she keeps calling Breck. Yeah. His name is B-R-E-C-K. Yeah. Um, And he at least has her sing the scales, like the chords. And that makes sense. Yeah. Like that's something a vocal coach should do. And he could sing himself. And he could sing himself. And Kelly does have a decent voice. She does, yeah. Yeah. Um, But then she decides that none of them are right. No kidding. Yeah. Because they're not real. <laughs> so then we go to steps. Ugh. And then now instead of watching Taylor do gymnastics, we're watching Taylor dance. Yeah, I wrote Taylor is bad at both dance and gymnastics. Yes. So now Taylor, she takes all the dance classes. She takes like five dance classes. 13. She them 13. She, she said 13. Like later on when she was like, how many? She's like 13 classes. I'm like, what? how, how is, is it possible? possible? How's that possible? I mean, I guess it, well, she said, so way later, she says that she goes from school to gymnastics to dance and she gets home at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So school's over at three. Gymnastics is probably open at five. So she takes two a day, Yeah, I guess? two or three. I mean, the dance class is only an hour, right? So yeah. you could take multiple a day. Here's the thing, though. And when I say that she's bad at dance, um, it's not that she's bad at the moves. It's just, like, and I'm not a good dancer, so I, like, I can feel like I can say this without being, like, hypocritical. Dance should look effortless. Yes. And she can do it, but you can tell she's putting a lot of effort into it. Right. She's not a natural dancer. It's not, there's no fluidity. Yeah, like, I don't see this as a career path for her. Right. And, like, when someone's a good dancer, it just looks so natural. Yeah. And, like, they look comfortable and confident. And, like, granted, she's a 15-year-old girl, but... But, like, I could see her, like, counting the steps in her head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then, Taylor also says that she wants to be a superstar. Yeah. A superstar elephant trainer? Apparently. An elephant trainer who dances? Maybe she wants to dance on the backs of elephants. Yeah, I think the circus is calling her. Yeah. And she's vegan, so she can just live off of peanuts and popcorn. Yeah. It's perfect. So then she has another little aside with, kind of like she did at her gymnastics meet with her classmates, and says that her dad didn't come, but it's good because it would be drama. 
Well, and the other thing that was so stupid about this, and I'm glad that she at least sort of talked about it a little bit, um, they kept panning to the empty chair next to her mother. I'm I like, know. Uh, he wouldn't be sitting there. Even no. if he was there, he'd be on the other side of the room. Yeah. And she even said, like, it's not like my parents are ever going to be sitting next to each other at my dance meets. And I'm like, yeah, they will not. So no. I'm glad that you understand that. Yeah, join the club. That that happened for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, so then we see the class perform, like, for the families. And Taylor mentions that she had a hole in the crotch of her tights. She realized, like, too late. There was a giant hole in the crotch of her tights. So they're dancing, and it's sort of like Chicago, the musical style. Like, they have chairs, and they're kicking, and they've got fishnets on or whatever. And the dance instructor stops the dance in front of everyone and says, Taylor, do you do you want some new tights? Or- no, she goes, do you need a longer skirt? Oh, yeah. So then... I'm curious if Taylor had nothing on under her tights. Well, as someone who doesn't wear tights, do tights have built-in panties in them? No. Then she must have been wearing... I mean, because it would still be see-through. I don't... I know we're doing a lot of, like, up-leg kicks. Or maybe she had, like, hot pink underwear on or something. Yeah, I think that she must have had, like, bright underwear that you... Or white or whatever, because they were black tights that you could very visibly see. Because tights, especially ones like those, what they have is, like, this little patch that's darker... You know, like, your mod- <laughs> got to cover your modesty. But, like, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, no, I, I think, because I think if she was truly, like, showing Snatch, that <laughs> there would have been a lot, I think she would have been mortified. I think there would have been a lot more uproar about it. Like, okay. I think it was just probably So it's just, panties. like, <laughs> pleasantly distracting. Yeah, because well, okay. I, I, I didn't get the impression that the teacher stopped it in the middle. I thought they finished the dance... She stopped before they did the next one and said, like, oh, do you want a longer skirt? I don't know. They made it look like they interrupted it. And then you see Taylor sliding on these, like, black booty shorts, almost like what cheerleaders wear. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing. I think that if she truly had been flashing her badge to the whole room, <laughs> a 15... I mean, because she was like, oh, well, it is what it is. And like her, that, mother, her mother didn't look that horrified either. Yeah, so. or her brother didn't look that horrified. Yeah. So I think it was just panties. Oh, God, it was so funny, though. Um, and Taylor's report card's coming soon. Yeah. She's very nervous about dun, dun, it. Dun, dun, as she should be. Yeah. And then we have a scene of Jessie with her mother. At Via Quadrano. Ooh, Italian lessons. <laughs> and it's really boring. They talk about how she wants to start interning in fashion. Yeah. The only takeaway I got from this, because it was fucking boring, yep. was that they asked for the check and they have not touched their food. I know. Susan had a full plate of vegetables. It I was asparagus with eggs on top. And I couldn't really see it was on Jesse's plate, but I'm wondering if She this got is... a weird sandwich. It was like a breakfast sandwich thing. Oh, okay. I'm wondering if it's one of those things where... Although, no, they eat on camera all the time. I yeah. was going to say maybe that, you know, because like the housewives have packs not to eat on camera, that they were like, oh, we'll have the conversation. Did they really? Yo, Yeah. How, who, where'd you hear that? Beverly Hills. I, I don't, I know specifically Beverly Hills. I don't know about the other ones. I mean, you I will ha- never see them put food in their mouths on Beverly Hills. No, I knew that, but I didn't know it was a pact. Yeah. I mean, this was a couple years ago I heard that, so I, I can't see Denise Richards necessarily sticking with it, but, um, yeah. I mean, she, we saw her eat some burrata this week. I'm sure the other ladies are going to kick her out of the club. Yeah, but I mean, there was a pact, and I, I know it was specifically Beverly Hills, um, I think a couple of them. 
I mean, obviously not Atlanta because we see them meet, and we see them meet on Jersey. No, but. I totally believe it. I just wanted to. Yeah, but confirm. so for a second, I was like, oh, but then later we see Jesse like snarfing on popcorn and like chewing a pan. Oh, so. it's gross. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just weird they hadn't touched their food and asked for the check. It's also weird that they make jokes about how they scheduled an appointment to like have coffee together. Yeah. And then they're like, we'll have to make another one. It's like you live in the same apartment. She's your mother. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I didn't get it. Um. So then we are on a date with Sebastian and Angel. Who's 17 and a senior. And this is the only scene of Sebastian. Whew, thank you, editors. That Round was the only saving grace. Yes. And so she says it's kind of last minute and he says sorry. And I'm guessing it's because he came into the city and decided he wanted to go on a date with someone. Yeah. Because he lives in the fucking Hamptons. And he's a sophomore, she's a senior, and he talks about how that's a big accomplishment to, you know, land an older girl. And she's applying to too many colleges, she says, and she had an interview with one of them earlier that day, and he says, with who? And she says, Vassar. And she says that she could see him in California and asks if he surfs. He says people think that. And I wrote, apparently Sebastian hates surfers. Because yeah. he seemed to take, like, umbrage with it. And he was did. like, ugh. It's like, people always think that. And by the way, it's not just your haircut. It's the way you talk, dum-dum. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that you kind of look like a skateboarder. And then he says that his mom is French and that speaking French with girls always works. But then Angel drops the bomb. That she also speaks French. And she had an internship in Paris. Yep. And lived there and everything. Yep. And then Sebastian says in his confessional that her speaking French, like, blew up his game. And it's a turnoff. And he won't see her again. Yeah. Also, I hate to burst your bubble, Sebastian, but I don't think she'll see you again. Because she did not seem into you at all. No. And I wrote my notes in all caps, speak French. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he's Put your like, money where your mouth is. I mean, she says, oh, I, speak, I mean, if you found that out about someone and you were fluent, wouldn't you then just break into French so you guys could have a conversation? Or just say something cute. Be like, that's nice to hear. You look yeah. pretty. And then move on. Like, I think it's because she was about to school his ass and I wish we had seen it. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God, this was boring too. Then we go to Bryant Park. Cole and Taylor. They're ice skating. And that's it. And then Taylor falls down at the end, which felt fake. Yeah. Okay. And then we go to to Jesse's house. This was the only part that was good. Because it was a little shady. It was super shady. Yeah. So Camille comes over to talk about Operation Smile. I bet you guys couldn't have figured that out on your own. Nope. And let's just start off by talking about what Jesse's wearing. You mean her cartoon pilgrim dress? Yeah, but it's a tuxedo dress. And she wears this massive gold cuff. It is a solid five inches up her wrist, at least. Yeah. It's very Lynn Curtin, Real Housewives of OC. It's very Eastern inspired. Like, it looks like she could have bought it at a Turkish market or something like that. And she's wearing it with this very structured looking tuxedo dress. It makes no sense. All of the jewelry in this episode is so Eastern and off-putting. I don't get it. We see so many beads and Kabbalah bracelets and cuffs and whatever. It just, it's so weird. I can't take it. Also, I thought her dress looked like it was cut on a Weeble Wobble bias. It looks like she's a waitress at like a tacky, like, 
Broadway themed restaurant or something. But it was like completely triangular. Jeez, I'm so sneezy today. I know. And my allergies have been driving me crazy. Um, yeah, it was just, and it was cartoony. Yes. Alma. It was just the weird. She looks like a penguin. Yeah. Yeah. So then Camille says that, you know, Jessie's really talking herself up over this Operation Smile thing. And she is. Like, I don't know. And then they have a decent conversation about Operation Smile. And then when they start talking about each other's schools... You know, Camille says that she goes, you know, her school's all girls, as we know. And Jesse says, like, I would just die without seeing my guy friends. Okay, Sheena Shea. Stop it. Oh, no. Did she say it? Because I thought she actually, oh, what she actually said was, like, I have guy friends. Like, I have a lot of guy friends. No, and she said, I would die oh, without seeing with my guy friends. Um, But I, as we know, though, Camille did not continue with an all girl because she went to a co-ed school for her senior year, right? So yeah. all girls education her whole life. And then well, and it made me sad because she says, she talks about how she's been at that school since she was like in kindergarten and she loves it. Yeah. That makes me sad. So then I thought Camille's question was somewhat neutral, but then she put her foot in her mouth and she asks Jesse what the workload at her school is like, because she's heard compared to some of the other schools that it can be like lighter. Yeah. It, I found, I get why a teenager would be mad at that question, but I feel like Camille was just sort of making conversation about prep school to prep school. And well, Jesse gets started that way. Yes. And then Jesse gets pissed and then Camille doubles Put, down. She puts her foot in her mouth. Um, but what, and then Jesse wasn't even getting, Jesse's answer made no sense because Camille says that your workload I've, you know, I've heard your school is a little more chill, that, like, it's right. not as intensive as, like, my private school or some of the other private schools. And Jesse says, if I don't hand out an essay, I still get a zero. And I'm like, well, but that doesn't mean it's a hard essay. Like, what Camille is saying yeah. is that, like, your assignments aren't as hard, necessarily, and the workload isn't as heavy. So she's not saying you have no workload and you have to do nothing. Yeah. And so Jesse's counterattack doesn't make sense. No. And then Camille says in her confessional, she said, you know, like, I already know that my school's harder. Like, yeah. every, everybody knows that. So I'm just going to let Jesse win. And then Camille ends in her confessional by saying they probably have Earth Day off at their school. Yeah. Which is amazing. I, um, but I wrote my notes, Camille can't help but shoot herself in the foot because you have been chasing Jesse and chasing yep. Jesse and chasing Jesse. And she's finally being nice to you. And you're in the operation smile. You got your foot in the door. And, and then, then you, you fuck it all up. Yeah, she did fuck it up. Like, at the finish line. I'm like, yeah. Camille, come on. Yeah. And then we get a scene of a different scene at Jesse's house. And she and Kat are in the kitchen. Kat, who's 17. Yeah. And same cat that was at the dinner party with PC. Yeah. And it is not just the backsplash from hell, y'all. Oh, no. We realize it's the whole wall. It's silver, metal-looking tile. It's mirrored silver. Like, it's awful. And it is floor-to-ceiling in this little box of a kitchen. Yeah, it's real bad. And then Jesse walks down the hall to let PC in the front door. And all down the hallway is shimmered wallpaper. Like, there's nothing in this apartment that doesn't have a sheen. And I hate shine. (laughs) I can't even wear patent leather anything. Um, well, you should be really excited because when I had my walls repainted, I went for ultra matte. I, uh, ultra matte <laughs> is life for me. Like I don't, I can't, I don't even wear like shimmery makeup. I can't do it because I think it ages people sidebar, but, um, 
So this apartment is rough, as are the close-up shots of Jesse eating. Yeah, and that's where my whole, like, dinner not, I mean, brunch not eating went out the window. Because yeah. she, she's not even just eating, she's eating popcorn. No, and, and then like, there's a shot where she, like, shoves a potato chip in her mouth, like, yeah. from the side. And, like, I get, no one looks cute when they're eating, unless they're, like, a real housewife and they're trying to eat that way. But it's just, I, I felt for her for a second. I was like, oh, God, cut that out. Yeah. Um, and they talk about Camille and how she kind of you know, put her foot in her mouth, and then PC says that he feels burned because he's the one who, like, finally got her to Jesse. Yeah. And he goes to the same school, so he had the same, like, indignation about it. It does seem like their school's easier than hers, at least from the way they all behave. Yeah. But that's that's that. Sorry, I'm a hot mess of noises right now. Jesus. Um... So then we see Kelly at her real vocal tryout. Yeah. And I didn't catch the woman's name, did you? Badin. B-A-D-I-N-E. Badin. Yes, that is a vocal coach. So this woman is all business. She starts quizzing Kelly, says, do you know what key you sing the Star Spangled Banner in? Do you know this? Do you know that? And Kelly's like, hee hee, no. And she's playing with her hair and all that kind of stuff. And this woman's like, stop fidgeting. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. She's whipping her into shape. And she talks about getting her a stylist. Yep. So she also has Kelly sing a bit of the Star Spangled Banner, which is an incredibly hard song to sing. And Kelly does have a great voice. Yeah. And the woman is impressed and she's like, okay, we're going to work towards a demo and we're going to get you a stylist. And her tryout, all told, went very well. But that's how vocal coaching works in New York City. Yeah. You, you're paying them and praying they like you. Yeah. Yeah. Not, they don't come to your apartment and sing little ditties about coffee. <laughs> I really wish we'd recorded that <laughs> So now we go to Taylor's mother's apartment and the report card is in. Sure is. And the news is not good. Not good. <laughs> Except for a gym. Yeah. Someone who has no rhythm and isn't very good at gymnastics somehow got an A in gym. Yeah. 92 in gym. Yes, yes. Um, We saw a 65. Yeah. And a 72. Yeah. And Couldn't tell what subjects, but she's not doing great. I thought I saw a 7D as well. Um, so lots of Cs. Yeah. Although it's... 60, a D. Yeah, 65 is... Yeah. Um, so her mom says, holy shit. Um, you need to buckle down and drop some dance classes. And Taylor says, no. And her mom says, you're going to have to stop something. Gymnastics is what you should stop, Taylor. Well, pick one of the activities you're really bad at. Gymnastics. And, st- and stop it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, at least with the dancing, she could hopefully, like, get out of her head and make, because she knows the steps, and make it look more effortless. Like, I think gymnastics is just a, we need to just give up right now. Yeah. That ship has sailed. Yeah. It's, you're not going to be an Olympian. Let it go. So then we see PC. He's sort of shopping, but he's doing it at a tailor, like he's at a suit store. Um, and he's trying on this suit that's like striped and he talks about, you know, metrosexuals and says, do I look metrosexual? And my answer that I wrote down was no, but your eyeliner does. Um, I wrote, he said, do I seem metrosexual? And I said, no, you seem gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, whatever. And then we immediately go to a scene of him in therapy. With Audrey, his shrink. I'm so sick of... PC in therapy. He's 
I don't know. He's just such a shit. I can't... He's a shit, and I want to see the stuff he's talking about. Like, he's talking about, like, oh, I'm, like, over going to clubs and doing drugs and partying. Like, it's just... It gets boring after a while. And I'm like, why aren't we seeing that? Like, yeah. send the cameras out with PC to a club, please, because that's I would love to see that. Me too. Um, let's see him at Live. Yeah. Or Tau. Yeah. But, um... He then kind of implies, well, doesn't imply that he, you know, says that he's, he's becoming an adult. He feels like he's becoming an adult and kind of talks about this whole, like, it's really kind of dangerous in New York because if you have a lot of money and you're bored, like it leads down a bad path. So I'm sure he's just referring to, he makes it seem like he's like too grown up. Like he's no longer doing drugs and drinking and he is at 18. It's all passe to him, which I don't believe for a minute. No. And it seems like it's an act that he's throwing on for the therapist. Like, he's trying to come across yeah. as more mature than he is. And I, I don't know. Well, and she obviously, I mean, because this is being filmed for TV, I think if she was a real therapist, she, I mean, what, has she given him as lick of advice? No. She's just sat there and kind of agreed with him and asked him the occasional question. I feel like if she was a real therapist, she would be delving in a lot deeper and trying to do some work. But I'm sure they said, don't make him look bad on camera. Yeah. Or any worse than he makes himself look. He also mentions Occidental College. Did we find out that's where he went? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't remember finding that. I'll check. Um, and then he says he's, you know, trying to open his horizons and become more of an adult and whatever. Yeah. And then we go back to Jesse's apartment for the, it's, it's too many, like it's too much Jesse and she's working on her resume and she and her mom have a conversation about designers that she could apply to be an intern with. Now this is one time and this is another, like I fucking last week I had to defend Sebastian and now I'm going to have to fucking be on Jesse's side, which hurts just as much. Yep. Um, I was annoyed with her mom for Jesse. Like too. when her mom was saying like, she's like, hey, what about this designer? And Jesse's like, mom, I know all these designers, like, come on. Yeah. And then her mom's giving her a hard time about like, when you email them back, please don't email them like you email me with a bunch of abbreviations. Well, do you think Little Miss Uptight Operation Smile Queen wouldn't do that anyway? Like, I, I mean, I was annoyed for her. I, yeah. I was like, come on, you're being stupid, mother. But then... They also end the conversation by going out to the mailbox together and mailing her cover letter and resume. P.S. One letter. Like, I thought she was applying a bunch of places and they mailed a letter. And it's 2009. I was applying to jobs via email then. Yeah, I don't know. What? I mean, you would maybe still have, like, mailed a handwritten thank you note. Some people still do that now. In 2009, that was a nice touch. But, like... What is she mailing a cover letter for? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing was weird. And also, why was she mailing it at a mailbox? Yeah, also, it's New York City. If you want to be impressive, you march your ass down there and hand it in in person. Yeah, or have it messengered over. You've got yeah. more money than God. Yeah. So then this is how I know the episode went downhill because I'm on my second page, but there's three lines of text on it. Uh, yeah, I made it through one and three-fourths pages. Yeah. Um... So now all of a sudden PC is also getting his internship act together. Yes, because he was so inspired by his therapist to realize that he has to do different things. Stupid. And he has an apprenticeship with a photographer. Although that's interesting because he's a photographer now, so I'll give him that. But Well, and it also seemed like a one-day apprenticeship. It was. Um, and I this scene was just challenging. I, it was hard to absorb. <laughs> 
So all of a sudden, we're, it's a restaurant because they are moving chairs and like there's that weird big fire pit thing in the middle. Yeah, they were doing a photo shoot at a restaurant. And he meets this woman named Devorah. Mm-hmm. And she is a stick figure with blonde hair. Yep. And is she... She's the... No, she's not she's the She's the editor-in-chief. She's the editor-in-chief of what? Um, some magazine whose name I did not get the name of and have never heard of. Okay. I feel like Orb or O. I don't know. It's... Uh, it's... Okay. Um, and they have him move chairs and he's mad about the manual labor. And then he meets the model whose name is Katie. Who's... She's 19. Yeah. And so then the photographer has PC, like, set his camera on the tripod and... I feel like unless you have a very dedicated photographer's assistant, you wouldn't have like a kid who's been on the job for 30 minutes touch your equipment. Um, real quick, yeah. sidebar, I found her in two seconds. <gasps> Devorah Rose, American Socialite. Devorah Stop. Rose, born Deborah Denise Trattenberg, is an American socialite and is now the editor-in-chief of Social Life magazine. A New York City socialite and television personality and entrepreneur. The New York Observer named Rose one of the top 50 media power bachelorettes. She's 39 years old now, and she's born in Plano, Texas, and she went to um, Barnard. Okay. Um, but here, let's see her life and career. career. Because I, I, it wasn't social, ma- I don't think it was social magazine, social no. life magazine. Um, oh, yeah, she launched it. Rose is the editor-in-chief of Socialized Magazine. She has produced covers with Kim Kardashian, Fergie, Kellen Lutz, Mina Savari, Russell Simmons, Sierra. Um, let's see. Rose is represented the magazine on TV shows. Okay, let's see. Let's go. So she was also on Housewives of New York with the, with the magazine. Did she do something? I feel like she did something with, like, Alex McCord or something like that. Um, where is Wiki? Life and Career. Born, okay, television. Weird, it's not listing NYC Prep. It's listing Cake Boss, Married to Jonas, High Society, The Real Houses of New York City, The Fashionista Diaries, Styled by June, Maid, and Dina's Party. Hmm. But I mean, it's for sure her. Interesting. Right? Like, that's her. Yeah. I'm glad to see she's put on a few pounds in this yeah, scene. Yeah, I mean, that's her for fucking sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In this scene, she's frighteningly thin. Okay, well, now we know the name of the magazine, and we um, know her. Yeah. So, anyway, like I said, the photographer is having PC, like, set up his equipment, and PC doesn't know what he's doing, and he's setting it up badly, and they're, like, teasing him about it. It's like, well, yeah, because he's not a photographer's assistant yet. You know, like Carter on Vanderpump Rules, he's a photographer's assistant. He yeah. can set up lenses and do tripods and lights and stuff. PC can't. Um, and then we meet Trey, the stylist, who is gay and kind of hitting on PC. What? Trey's gay? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, and I called him Lemony Snicket in my notes. See, to me, he read much more Black Crows. Yeah. Chris Robinson. Yeah. Like he was giving like hardcore Chris Robinson vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know who he would be the perfect boyfriend for? Who? Andrew Muckamel. Yes. 
They could, like, do it. I mean, they may be a little too similar, but, like, they could definitely... Maybe not boyfriends, but, like, besties. I could see them being besties. Yeah. And he is also one of the thinnest individuals I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And has one of the best blowouts I've ever seen. Yeah! (laughs) His hair is stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they're all just teasing PC, and you can see PC's getting kind of red in the face. And then all of a sudden, they get PC on camera... With the photographer, who's by the... His name is Zach, by the way. But... Yeah. And they do this little, like, homoerotic, shirtless Well, before that happened, though, there was a lot of weird stuff that would never fly today. Yes. I mean, first of all, all the hitting on PC wouldn't happen. No. Then at one point, they make PC, who is a male intern, teenager... Yes pull down the crotch of her dress during the shoot. They did that to embarrass him. Of course. And then like he, the model's like, oh, you touched my breast. You bumped into my breast. I mean, all of it was so unprofessional. Yep. Um, and then, um, so after all of that and the shoot is totally done, then we get this selective bunch of wackiness. Yeah. And like, he's grabbing the photographer's belt and then it, the scene ends with Trey, the stylist, and PC trading numbers because he was like, do you go out? And PC's like, of course I go out. And then it was a one-day thing. Like, it was a one-day thing, and also... And I don't remember at the time how I felt about this, but and it, I guess it doesn't matter, but now it's like there's no way PC was banging Trey. So the whole like number exchange thing wasn't like a, ooh, they might go on a date. No. I think it was PC, like he said, he was like, they all work in fashion. They have a lot of connections. This has reignited my passion for photography. Right. And we didn't even know he had a passion for photography unless I had looked it up already. Yeah. And that's where that ends. Um, and then we're at Joey Showroom 7. Yeah. And Jesse has a group interview or an internship. Charlotte Ronson. Yeah. And so it is interesting that it's a group interview and it's kind of gross because they're being interviewed by the head of PR who is a man and he's interviewing like five young women and there's just something a little, I'm sure that happens in fashion in particular all the time, but it just felt very odd. It felt more like an audition than an interview and he like lines up all their resumes and is like rapid fire and like strengths and weaknesses and whatever. And we don't know if she got the job or not. She was one of five. Well, um, his name was Matt Kays. Um, I put down that he is a Bobo Isaac Mizrahi. Mm-hmm. Um, did because did you notice the weird tartan capelet he was wearing? It was a bit much. Yeah. Um, and he has severe sideburn problems. Yes. His sideburns were shaved way up <laughs> too high, and it has weird angle towards his eyes. It was horrible. Yeah. And. He did notice that Jesse was wearing a Charlotte Ronson dress, which, good for her, that's a good touch. That's a big thing in fashion. They always notice that. Um, None of the other girls were very descriptive, except for one, who I'm rooting for, who I was calling Skunk Chunks, which is... Appropriate. Which is a term I stole from my friend Carrie, and I will thank her forever for it. So this girl has the chunkiest highlights in the world, Uh and then she's wearing this, like, super heavy like wide striped zebra ish trench coat to boot. So she's just like, she's she a huge stripe. She's just one yeah. giant stripe. She looks like a referee fun stripe gum. Like she, yeah. I'm rooting for her. Um, 
The only thing that I thought was strange about this was that A, they all seem to have the exact same qualifications, so I don't know how they're going to pick anybody. And B... They could all start tomorrow. Again, it makes me really, like, angry for normal people. Because what if you desperately want to work in fashion internship and you can't afford a Charlotte Ronson dress? Right. Like, what if you have to wear something from Target? Like, it sucks and it's not fair. Yeah. Or, you know, what if you already have to work and you can't start tomorrow because you have to rearrange a job that you make money at? Yeah. I know. Yep. But... That's the last scene of the episode, right? Yeah, and then I finally got around to turning the automatic playback off on my Hulu. So we got to see the whole scenes from the next. Um, We get Fashion Week. We get some more Kelly and Sebastian nonsense, where Sebastian now apparently is making a play for Kelly. And then we get an Amanda Bynes sighting. Yep. So something to look forward to. Your personal queen. Oh, yes. All right. See you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at FranklyMareB at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.